It's going to be a different uh, situation for me, first service, to be able to have a cup of coffee in my hands and seated and being fed by another pastor. I just wanted to tell you how this idea kind of first started. When Pastor Jim last week was telling us in the announcements about this miraculous um, uh, open door that happened with the uh, licensing uh, downtown uh, San Francisco Fisherman's Wharf to, to spread the gospel, I was thinking, man, I want to hear from this guy. I want him to fire us up about soul winning and about evangelism, about seeing people uh, come to know Jesus Christ in a saving way. So I was thinking that in my head, when can I give him an opportunity to speak? And then as soon as I needed one at the end of the service, I thought, oh, perfect. All right. So I asked him. And so Pastor Jim, everybody knows and loves you. Please welcome him to the platform. Good morning again, everybody. What an honor to be up here to be given this privilege to speak on behalf of Pastor Rost, given the privilege to speak God's holy word and to, to speak into your guys' lives, so thank you so much. Uh, please open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 4. Okay, let's pray. Father, we praise you. All the glory and the honor belongs to you. We thank you so much for your word, which is, which is inspired by you. This word that you, that you use somehow to transform our lives, to transform the way we think, to equip us for the good works that you have for us, to train us to be men and women of God who live lives that bring you glory. And so I pray that today you would, you would use your word in, in my simple message to, to edify your church, uh, that they would walk out of here just thinking about Jesus and, 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 and looking for, for ways to make him known. I ask that in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Okay, so I remember uh, when I first uh, heard about the San Francisco's uh, San Francisco Street Performers Program. I was down on Fisherman's Wharf with a couple of guys, and we were handing out gospel tracts. And I bumped into this guy. He was playing the keyboard. He was down there playing the keyboard, and he was dressed up all fancy. You know, he had the button-up shirt, and a couple buttons were undone. His hair was all slicked back, and he spoke with an accent. He says, yeah, you want to be a part of this program? It's real simple. All you got to do is fill out the application get insured, get the specialty insurance, just a couple hundred bucks, and pay the monthly fee of $50, and you're in. And I thought, oh my goodness, the possibilities. The possibilities. Being able to reserve your own plot of real estate on Fisherman's Wharf as many times as you want per week. Being able to use sound amplification, which typically in San Francisco costs $400 a day for a permit. And I just thought, oh man, a fisher of men on Fisherman's Wharf, come on, seriously. Think about it, how wonderful 
it would be to take a team down there to put on outdoor church services on a regular basis. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people down there hearing the beautiful and powerful gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, God was showing me something here. And so I spent the next year dreaming about it, fantasizing and praying and thinking until I became confident that this was something that God was calling me to do. And so about three weeks ago, I had finally uh, filled out my application. I finally became insured, and I sent all my stuff into the port of San Francisco. And I went down to the first scheduling meeting of the month. They have one meeting every month. All the performers got to go there because you have to reserve your locations. You have to reserve your time slots. It's, it's quite the meeting. And so I get down there, and I'm waiting in line to check in, and I come up, and, and the lady there has, has a sheet of paper with everybody's name on it except for mine. You know, And I get up there, and she says, Yeah, yeah, you're not on the list because your application was denied. And my heart, when she said that word denied, my heart sank. I was, I just, I got depressed. I got deflated and I was just thinking, denied? What do you mean denied? What are you talking about? I did everything that was required. She says, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll mail back your application to you. And, 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 and for some reason, I never fight back in those situations. I can go out and stand on a box, but when, in that kind of situation, no, it's not going to happen. And so I walk out the door, and I'm just thinking, God, I thought you were showing me something here. I thought this was something you were calling me to do. I mean, I spent all this money, you know. I spent all this time for what? A waste. And as I'm walking out the doors, the lady comes running out, you know. She says, sir, sir, and I turn around, you know, like, and she says, I want to get you your application packet so I don't have to mail it back to you. I was like, oh. You know, it's like, oh. can you jab the knife in any deeper, you know? And, I, and, so, and so I'm waiting there in the lobby of the port of San Francisco. And she goes back behind this glass door. And she comes out about two minutes later with this, with this hot shot guy. He's got a suit on, slick back hair. He looked like he ran the whole show, and he did. He was, he was the manager of this program, and he had my packet in his hand, and, and, and he said, you know, uh, this program isn't really for religious people. You know, in the beginning, we had a lot of people like you applying into this program, but we rejected them, okay? And, and plus, he says, you can go down to the wharf anytime you want and express yourself. And I said, you know, you know <clears throat> one... I can go down there anytime I want, but I can't reserve locations. Two, I can't use sound amplification. And three, uh, this program is for me. I want to express myself. I want to put on outdoor church services. It's about performance, right? I'm going to perform the gospel. I'm going to preach the gospel. And the, guy's, the guy goes, okay, okay, hold on a second. Let me go talk to the city attorney. And so he, he walks off. He leaves me there. And I'm just, I'm just like, I'm still distressed. And I start praying to God, God, I believe that, that this is from you. I believe this was no accident. And so I pray that you would open a door here. I pray that you would part the Red Sea. I pray that you would knock down the wall of Jericho. So I'm just praying to God, asking him to do something. And about 10 minutes later, I mean, the guy had me in suspense. I didn't know really 
what was going to happen. Uh, Ten minutes later, he comes out. He has my application in hand. And he begins uh, to give me uh, this speech, which I thought was a rejection speech. He says, you know, the reason that we don't want religious people in this program is because of the war that it might cause down there on the wharf. You know, if we let the Christians in, then we got to let the Muslims in. And then the next thing you know, we got the Muslims preaching against the Christians, and, and it's just going to get crazy, you know? And I'm thinking, okay, come on, just give me my packet. I'm out of here. And then all of a sudden, he just sticks out his hand, and he says, Welcome to the program. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know? And so I grabbed my packet, you know, and, and walked in the room before he could change his mind. And so, bam, what happened? God had opened a door for me when seemingly nothing was there. He opened that door, a door for me to be able to preach his glorious gospel. And in our study today... Paul is going to ask the Colossians to pray that very same thing for him, that God would open a door for him to be able to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and hopefully we will be inspired to do the same thing. So Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, the word of God. The apostle Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So, Two points for our passage. Point number one, praying for open doors. Point number two, making the most of every opportunity. So point number one, praying for open doors. Now, the Apostle Paul, he was a man of prayer. If you follow his life in the book of Acts, it's easy to see that. In Acts chapter 13, Paul and Barnabas are worshiping the Lord and fasting, no doubt seeking God and praying to God. And out of that, the Holy Spirit opens a door and calls them to their first ever missionary journey. You remember in Acts chapter 16, when the Apostle Paul and Silas were in jail in the city of Philippi. They weren't complaining, God, why are we here? This is an injustice. I can't believe we're in jail. We didn't even do anything wrong. All we did was cast a demon out of a slave girl. We set her free, but why? No. They're singing hymns to God at midnight and praying. The Apostle Paul was a man of prayer, and we know the fruit of that prayer meeting. The jailer and his entire family got saved. So so for Paul, prayer was a normal, natural an essential part of his life. He believed in prayer. He believed that God was able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. He believed that the prayer of a righteous man, the prayer of the person who believes in Jesus Christ was powerful and effective. And so being a man of prayer and experiencing the amazing results of it he often sent his requests to the prayer chain. In our text, he says, pray for us too, 
that God may open a door for our message. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 19, the same kind of prayer. He says, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth that words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. And in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1, he says, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored. And so what is he praying about? What are his prayer requests? He's saying, I want God to open doors for us so that we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, Paul knew something. He knew that unless God opened a door, nothing, absolutely nothing would happen. If you remember his second missionary journey, you can read about it in Acts chapter 16. Uh, him and Silas are traveling east to west through Asia Minor, strengthening the churches of Jesus Christ. And at one point, they decide, let's go south into the province of Asia. But the Bible tells us that the Spirit of Jesus forbid them to preach the word there. The door was shut. And so they decided, let's go north. Let's go into the province of Bithynia. Door was shut there as well. And so they settled in a town named Troas to wait upon God. This town was bordered by the Aegean Sea, and they're just waiting upon the Lord, seeking God, praying, and then the door opens. Paul gets a vision of a man over in Macedonia praying and asking him, come over here, come over here and help us. So Paul realized that the Holy Spirit was opening a door for them to go and preach the gospel over there. And we know what happens. They go over. They plant a church in Philippi. Then they plant a church in Thessalonica. And then they plant a church in Corinth. You see, spectacular things happen when God's people pray for him to open doors so that the gospel can be preached. Amen? Amen. So let's think about what an open door does, okay? An open door provides us access into something, right? The door, it provides us access into a home, right? Access into an office or into a store, whatever. If someone knocks on my door at my house, I say, come on in, the door's open. They come in, they now have access into my life. We also think of an open door as an opportunity, right? The door of opportunity was open for me. You know, I got the big job or I got the big promotion. So an open door provides us access and we also think of it as an opportunity. Now, a lot of times I think the door that needs to be opened is the door of our heart. Our hearts are closed and locked to the idea of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's fear that keeps that door closed, insecurity, intimidation, whatever it is. And so we need to be a people who pray, God, open the door of my heart and give me boldness. Give me courage. Give me confidence. Give me a fearlessness to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, grant us access into the lives of people who need to hear about your son. God, unlock moments of opportunities for me to be able to share Jesus Christ with my neighbors and with my friends. Now, uh, you guys know a few months ago, we went to New York City 
on our famous mission trip. It was spectacular. Uh, 14 of us went there with one purpose, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we did all sorts of different things. We, we shared the gospel in Central Park. We shared the gospel in Times Square. We served at a soup kitchen. We shared the gospel in the Bronx. I mean, we were everywhere. Uh, one ministry that we partnered up with is called Meals on Heels, a really, really cool ministry. Because in New York City, there isn't single uh, family dwellings like we have here. Everything is apartment complexes. And a lot of these apartment complexes, they do not have elevators. And so for the older people, they can't get out much because, you know, going up and down those stairs can be really, really tough. And so what this ministry does is they deliver meals to these people on a daily basis and they rely on volunteers. And so uh, we went there to serve. And we all partnered up in teams of two, and they would give us a hot, a hot bag and a cold bag with hot lunch and cold lunch, okay? And they would give us a little route map, and you have about 10 houses, apartments that you had to uh, deliver food to. It was a really, it was a lot of fun. It's like a scavenger hunt. You got to find out where you're going and where, where does this person live in New York City? So uh, my partner was Bethany, and we, we had a plan that before we went upstairs to each apartment, that we would pray and that we would ask God to open doors for us to not only be able to deliver this food, but to deliver the bread of life because that is what is most important. We wanted to share the gospel. And so the first place we got to, uh, we were outside and we prayed, you know, Lord, please use us here. Please open a door and we decided that, that we would take turns on who attempted to share the gospel. And so I was going to go first, you know. <laughs> Got to set the example. And so we go up the stairs. You know, it's like three flights of stairs. And, and we knock on the door. And the lady opens the door. And she knows the routine. She's like, give me the food. Give me the food. Get out here, you know. And, and so and Bethany's looking at me. And I'm looking at her. And, and it's like, are you going to do something here, Jim? And I'm just like, I don't know what to say, you know. And so I pulled out the Gospel of John, and I was like, here you go. And she, she didn't even want it. She didn't even want the Gospel of John. Shut the door. And I was like, man, that's a bummer. The door was slammed. The door was closed. God didn't want us there. And so we went downstairs, and we went to the next house, same thing. Door closed. Next house, same thing. We're praying before each house, and then we get to Mr. Romeo's house. Okay, Mr. Romeo. I know, I love that name. I, didn't, I never forgot his name. We had prayed before, and we went upstairs, and it was Bethany's turn, okay? And Mr. Romeo opens the door, and he's this, he's this little petite man, very kind eyes. He's wearing glasses, and, and, he, and he opens his door, and he sees that we have his food, and he welcomes us into his home. First time we've been invited in. Now we have access to him. Okay, and he begins to strike up a conversation. You see, he's very lonely. He doesn't get out much, so he wanted to talk. And so uh, through the course of our conversation, somehow uh, Bethany turned the conversation to the things of God, and she began to share with him about Jesus Christ. And we got to pray for this man. And as we left, we exhorted him to think about the things we said and to read the Gospel of John and to give his life to Jesus Christ. You see, God gave us access into his life. God gave us an opportunity, and God opened a door of boldness and courage in our hearts so that we could share the gospel. Now, what amazes me about Paul is his faith 
in God's ability and willingness to open doors when seemingly there are none, okay? Think about where he's at when he's writing this letter. It's, it's the year A.D. 60, 62, somewhere in there. He is in prison, okay, awaiting trial before Caesar Nero for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's limited. You know why? Because he's chained up to a Roman guard. He can't go anywhere, you know? He can't go out like us, but he still believed. He still believed God could use him. And as a matter of fact, God used him mightily, right? He wrote the book of Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon, Holy Scripture, from that situation. And in Philippians chapter 1, he tells us that the whole palace guard had heard about Jesus because of his chains. Okay, so God was using him even though he was limited. I think that many of us have embraced the lie that, that God that God can't use me because of, my, because of my limitations, you know? We're chained to the beliefs that, that, that no one will listen to me. I'm not, I'm not eloquent enough. I, I, I don't know enough. I'm, I'm just not good at sharing the gospel. I'm not an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. I can't do this. We're, I'm too limited, God. Or we're chained to the beliefs that, that because we've sinned so badly that God, he's never going to use me again. We're shelved for life. And I would say that is absolute nonsense. Because if God used Paul with all those limitations, then God can use you. And a matter of fact, I would say that God wants to use you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. The Lord says to Paul, he says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in weakness. You see, our weaknesses... Our limitations are not an obstacle for God, but rather they are an opportunity for Him to display His power and His glory. Amen? So Jesus tells us this is what you should do. Luke chapter 10 and verse 2, He says, Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, this is what I want you to do. Pray earnestly earnestly to me the lord of the harvest that i would raise up workers that i would raise you up and send you out into my harvest matthew 7 uh, chapter 7 verse 7 jesus says ask and it will be given seek and you will find knock and the door will be open god's people let's ask god use me this limited man to change the world i'm seeking you god i know that you can use a man like me you used a donkey i know you can use me i mean come on i'm knocking lord open doors in my life to impact people with the gospel of jesus christ one of my favorite scriptures uh, is written by the Apostle John in his first epistle, chapter 5 and verse 14. He says, we have this amazing confidence when we approach God, Christians do, that whatever we ask, if it is according to God's will, He hears us. 
And if we know that he hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. And so I thought, well, what is God's will? What is God's will? His will is this, that all men be saved and come to a knowledge of of the truth. His will is that none perish, but that everyone comes to repentance. God wants to save souls. And so if we pray, God, use me to save souls, guess what? We have what we have asked. He's going to use us. God demonstrated for us how serious he is about saving souls, didn't he? When his son was hanging on the cross, bleeding and dying for the sins of the world, Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto myself. Amen? So let's be the kind of people who have faith in God's desire and ability to open doors. And let's be the kind of people who believe that God will use people even like us, people who are limited to change the world. All right, so in verse 4, Paul gives us his second request. He says, Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, the gospel, as I should. A clear presentation of the gospel is so important because if people don't hear the true message of Jesus Christ, then they do not get saved. So many people, uh, even around here, have a misunderstanding of the gospel and of what it means to be a Christian. I asked my neighbor, I said, hey, do you know what the gospel is? And he said, what do you mean, the music? He had no idea, never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Recently, I was at the JC and uh, I was passing out tracks uh, with with Don Quintana, who goes here. And uh, I sat down to take a break, and I was just people watching. And there was this young man with his buddies, and they were they were passing out flyers as well. And they looked like they were having a really good time doing it. And they were just smiling, and everybody was getting one. And I was just waiting for my opportunity to get one because, you know, I wanted to talk to him. <laughs> So he came up to me and he handed me one of these flyers and I looked at it and, and I was vexed because it was an invitation to a party. And there was a picture on this invitation of a girl in her pajamas, okay, if you get what I'm saying. And, uh, and I looked at this, this kid and I noticed that around his neck, hanging right out of the top of his shirt, was a cross. And I asked the young man, I said, hey, are you a Christian? He goes, yeah, I'm a Christian. I said... I said, then what are you doing handing these out? And he goes, what are you talking about? I said, there's a girl in her pajamas in this picture. He goes, she's clothed? I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me, dude. Here, sit down, let's talk, okay? (laughs) And And so the kid sits down next to me, and I said, man, I said, so you're a Christian, you're a believer. He goes, yeah, 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 and he told me a little bit about his stories from Africa, and he, you know, they immigrated over here, and uh, I said, so tell me, what does it mean to be a Christian, okay? And this is what he told me. This is what it means to be a Christian. Don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't party, you don't say bad words. Well, I know he's already not a Christian because he's passing out invitations to a party. I mean, by his own definition of what a Christian is, he doesn't meet the requirements, but that is not the gospel at all. That is a diluted, that is a perverted message. You see, the enemy 
Satan is working overtime to to, uh, distort the message of the gospel, to pollute the message of the gospel. Why? Because he wants everybody to perish and none to come to repentance. He wants everybody to suffer the same fate as him. That's why he's got the Mormons working OT. That's why he's got the Jehovah's Witnesses going door to door. He is militant about distorting our message of the gospel. And that's why we, the church of Jesus Christ, have a great responsibility to present the gospel clearly to the lost. Romans 1.16, Paul says, The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. This is the message that God uses. When I share the gospel, I like to have a clear outline in my mind, bullet points. Bullet point number one, man's condition, that we're all sinners, that we've all broken God's law, and there's nothing we can do to get right with God on our own. Bullet point two, I like to talk about God's holiness, that he's, he is perfectly uh, righteous, that he hates sin, that he's perfectly just, that he will render, that he will give to each person according to what they have done. And unfortunately for us, we've all done evil. And so we all deserve God's wrath. Bullet point number three, I like to then talk about the love of God, that God so loved the world that he has provided a way for people to be saved. And then I talk about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came and took all of our sins upon himself, bearing the wrath of God for us, dying for us, and then three days later, rising from the dead. And then last but not least, man's responsibility. We must respond We must put our faith in Jesus Christ, calling upon his name. So, we have to pray for open doors. We need to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ clearly. We need to trust that God will use us in spite of our limitations. Now, we must step out. And that brings us to our second and final point, making the most of every opportunity. Verse 5. He says, be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. So let's take a second and talk about who the outsiders are. The outsiders are those who are outside of the faith, right? Jesus in John chapter 10, he says, I am the door. I am the gateway for the gate for the sheep. Anyone who enters through me will be saved. So those who are outside of the faith have not come in through the door. They are not in Christ. They don't enjoy the benefits of being free from the penalty of sin, being set free from the power of sin, and have the hope of being set free from the presence of sin someday. They're not in Christ. They are in sin, awaiting its penalty enslaved by its power. Ultimately, they will perish, having never experienced the freedom given by Jesus Christ. So Paul says, guys, he says, you've got to be wise. You've got to be praying. You've got to be thinking, God, how can I reach this person in my life? Because you know what, guys? They're not thinking about the things of God. They're not thinking about eternity you're, you're probably never going to have somebody come up to you and say, Sir, what must I do to be saved? That's why Jesus says, You guys are fishers of men. You've got to go out there. You've got to put the bait on the hook. 
You've got to cast it out there and you've got to reel those bad boys in. Amen? So Paul says, you've got to make the most of every opportunity. I'm so thankful that my grandmother made the most of the opportunity that God gave to her. Two weeks before I got saved, she was trying to share with me the gospel of Jesus Christ. She was trying to tell me about the Lord. And I said, oh, I'm not religious. I don't want to hear it. Door slammed in her face. And I'm sure she, she was discouraged by that. But you know what? She didn't give up. She kept looking for opportunities. I'm sure she was praying. And then one night, one night she got a phone call from her grandson. That's me, by the way. <laughs> she got a phone call from her grandson. And I told her this crazy story. Grandma, yeah, I was... I was sitting in an RV drinking with my friend and we were talking about my life and we were comparing it to my dad. You know, he, 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 he did drugs, he did alcohol and he ended up in prison because of it and, and I'm following the same path as him. And then I told her maybe, and this, this, this is crazy, maybe the same demons that were tormenting his life are tormenting my life. And, and, and she could sense in my voice the fear and the distress, and, and she recognized it as a door of opportunity that God had given her access now to speak into my life. And he opened the door of her heart, and he gave her courage, and he gave her boldness. And she said, Jimmy, do you want to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior out of nowhere? Out of nowhere. And I said, yes. See, God opened a door, and I'm so thankful that she was making the most of that opportunity. I remember... When I worked as a maintenance man, I would clean commercial parking lots, okay? You know, you got the blower, you pick up the, that, those kind of guys, okay? And I worked over here on Cleveland Avenue, just right up the street. And one morning I was out there, it was about 7 in the morning, and I was taking out some trash. I was right out in front of a laundromat, and there was a gentleman out there. And we ended up in a conversation somehow, and through the course of the conversation, I found out that he is from Lewiston, Idaho, that's where I'm from. I'm from Lewiston, Idaho. And I thought, what are the odds of two guys who are from a little podunk town in Idaho named Lewiston, both at the same place in California at 7 a.m. in front of a laundromat? This is, this is God. This is providence, okay? And so I was reckoning this is an opportunity, okay? God has set me up here. And I noticed he had an injury on his face. And so I started talking to him about that. I said, man, you could have died from that injury. He's like, yeah, I could have. And then, of course, the question is, do you know where you go when you die? And so I got to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. God opened a door. God gave me access. God gave me courage. And then I made the most of it. I shared the gospel with him. Um, now, when I'm catching up with people, you know, you know, neighbors and stuff, and they ask me how my weekend was, I want to make the most of that opportunity. I want my conversation to be full of grace, seasoned with salt. I want to be thinking, uh, how am I going to answer this person? How can I turn this conversation to the things of God? And so I'm going to tell him about the, the Friday night sermon that I preached at the Young Adults Group. I'm going to tell him about the evangelistic outreach that we had on Saturday. I'm going to tell him all about Pastor Ross's message last week about the rapture and how they need to get saved so they don't get left here for the Great Tribulation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm going to make the most of every opportunity. Now, this verse has a sting to it for me 
because of how many opportunities I personally have missed, okay? I was at a gas station with my family, and I was gassing up the car, and I looked, how was I? I was standing like this, and I looked over, the other gas pump was over there, and I looked across the way, and there was a gentleman pumping his gas, a young man, and his arm was all gnarled up. It looked nasty, fresh, freshly wounded. And I, and I just like, man, what happened to your arm? That looks horrible. He goes, I got in a really, really bad motorcycle accident. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was, man, you almost died. It's like my key, key line. Anyways. And he's like, yeah, I did almost die. And then, and then for, for me, it was like a door was open right there. Say something, Jim. Hello. And you know what I said? Nothing. I just kind of stood there like, yeah, you almost died. Okay, I'm going to get back in my car and go. And I got in my car and I looked at my wife and I was like, God just opened a door for me to share and I said nothing. And I beat myself up all day and obviously I haven't forgotten about it. You got to make the most of every opportunity. Now, I went to school with, with a, a, a man for a few months. We were in the same class Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. till noon for just a, a few months. And uh, I really wanted to share the gospel with him. And one particular day, it was a Friday, it was really, really on my heart. I knew he didn't know the Lord because he had, he had made a couple mocking remarks about my faith, about, my, about the Bible, because I brought it with me to school. And I really wanted to give him a clear presentation of the gospel. And it was really, a, just really felt it. And it was that Friday, and I was just... I, was in, I, was, I go in the bathroom and I pray, God, just give me courage, give me boldness. I, I know you want me to share with this guy. Long story short, uh, Friday went and left. I didn't, end up sharing, I didn't end up sharing the gospel with him that Friday. And I went home that weekend and, and I was just all weekend long, it was like a broken record telling my wife how horrible of a Christian I was because I didn't share the gospel and I, God put it on my heart to share the gospel. And, and she said, like, you know, just be quiet and go share the gospel with him on Monday and stop whining. Just do it. You know what God has called you to do? Just do it, okay? I was like, you're right, honey. I'm going to do it. I'm going to share the gospel with him on Monday. So I go to school on Monday, and as I come into class, as usual, uh, something's different. The lights are down. People are sitting in a circle on the ground. There's candles lit, and there's tissue boxes. And I found out that he died over the weekend. He was killed in a motorcycle accident. And the moment I found out about that, my heart sunk. Because it was on my heart to share the gospel with him on Friday, and he wasn't saved. And so I knew exactly where that man went. He went to hell. Unless, of course, some miraculous event transpired over the weekend. And I left, and I was so distraught. And I just went and I sought God and I said, God, I don't ever want to miss an opportunity again. Folks, today, today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not two weeks from now, not 10 months from now, not 10 years from now. Today, life is short. Life is a vapor. Here one moment, gone the next. 150,000 people dying every single day day entering into eternity and the majority of them without Christ you never know when 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 that neighbor of yours 
is going to die and enter into eternity. You never know when that relative of yours is going to die and enter into eternity. Or that person that's just been on your heart to share the gospel and you've been putting it off. You never know. And that's why we need to be praying to God, God, open doors. Give me access. Give me opportunities. Give me courage. Give me boldness. Help me to present the message clearly. Use me, God, in spite of my limitations. And then when God does all of that, we need to take advantage of the opportunities that he gives us. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. So powerful, so able to inspire us and encourage us. And I just pray for your people today that as they just think about your word, that that you would open many doors, many opportunities for them to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.